We talk of uh, the DRC killings now, and in the latest uh, from the DRCs that at least 22 people or 30, uh, 30 people will find out what it is because we know the numbers keep going. So they were killed in a raid on a village in part of the eastern DR Congo, plagued by Islamist rebel attacks. The attackers struck late on Monday, killing residents of Mwenda village with machetes and guns. A civil society leader from that village blames the Allied Democratic Forces, the ADF, a Ugandan group which has emerged as the most lethal militia in Congo's eastern borderlands and is suspected of hacking to death at least 17 people in a nearby village last week. This is just one incident among many that have been taking place in the past few weeks. And to find out what is behind the killings and who these people are, we're joined in studio by Nixon Katembo, who is a specialist on the Great Lakes and East Africa and also works on the Kiswahili desk at uh, Channel Africa. Good morning, uh, colleague. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Asanda, and good morning to the SFM listeners. So uh, the blame being put on the Allied Democratic Forces ADF, we know that this rebel group has been around uh, since the 1990s, and it's one of the many militias that operate or that plague the DRC. The blame being put on them and being them being labeled one of the most lethal militia, why is that? Well, let us put uh, uh, facts from myth. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps the history of the ADF in the region, as well as the history of rebellion and different militia organizing in that particular region. Mm. Just to cut the story uh, short, the ADF uh, first made the first incursion in Uganda, in Kichwamba. It was around June in 1996. Mm. And he abducted about 20 um, uh, school children, and some of them were killed in the process. Mm. And it made the second incursion in October uh, 1996 of the same year. That was on the 26th of uh, October on areas in far western Uganda in the district of Kasese along the border with the DRC, coming from the DRC. And this is at the time when the Afdel, uh, uh, led by Laura Kabila, and uh, the late um, um, Andre Kisasungandu, uh, have actually started their war in Lemera in uh, in Bukavu in the South Kivu region. Mm. So you have a pattern of violence uh, that is happening in that particular uh, uh context and the region, uh, both on the DRC side and on the Ugandan side. And the other aspects that um, the Rwandan uh, uh, genocide had just ended, and you have the military um, under Habiriman at the time, including in Terahamwe, who perpetrated um, the genocide in Rwanda, pouring into the DRC under the UN mandate, uh, uh, controlled by the French uh, um, uh, troops Mm. under the Operation Triquas at the time. So there is a complexity on those issues. Mm. But to going forward, you see that the latest killings have no links um, per se with the ADF. Rather, the ADF has become a caveat to cover the real uh, uh, perpetrators of violence in that region. And uh, namely because um, the ADF have significantly been weakened uh, and uh, 
in fact eradicated by the Ugandan uh, uh, armed forces which went alongside with the Rwandan forces in the DRC to help Topo Mobutu Seseko in 1996. So you have um, uh, the likes of Jamil Mukulu who was the leader of the ADF being arrested in Tanzania uh, having used the fake passport with uh, other uh, four accomplices in Dar es Salaam in fact, you can go on and find out uh, Hassan, Hassan Kasinje, uh, uh, who is a Ugandan police officer and a director of Interpol in East Africa, uh, mentioning that the ADF no longer have power in that region. So you, you hear people saying that the ADF is killing uh, citizens in the DRC. That is not true, in even my the, own knowledge, understanding the politics of the region. Even the UN, uh, the UN figures are, are, are giving that uh, it is more than a thousand civilians that were killed in attacks, and they are attributed them to the ADF as well. That's in 2019 and, and 2020. Why does the ADF keep taking the blame then if they've never claimed responsibility? Well, well, the ADF keep taking the blame because that is the well-known uh, rebel groups that have operated in the area. Mm. But if you look at the latest report that you're mentioning that the UN is, uh, uh, say, talking about, it says on page 11 and page 12 of the, that very same report, mentioning the presence of random special forces mm. in the DRC, why would the National Army of another country go into um, a foreign country without the authorization of parliament of the DRC, neither the president of the DRC? And interestingly, both the DRC government and the Rwandan government are mum on those issues. Mm. No one is coming clean. And we know the special operations uh, models of operandi is try to delegitimize the state of the country that they are invading. And you have known that there are many invasions for them from the Rwandan government into the DRC. And this has been on a perpetual uh, mode since 1996. So mm. to me, as a person who understands the region, both Uganda, Rwanda, and the DRC, and how the military uh, maneuvering happened in that region, you, I cannot buy the idea that is the, the blame is solely squared on the ADF. Well, I know uh, that indeed Rwandan Special Forces are operating at free will in that particular region. First, it was that we are going to look for um, in, Interhamu militias who was. Now, Interhamu militias, they, they were said to be around over just 1,500 in the UN a report of 2013, of, of 2010 rather, the UN uh, mapping report. So mm. if these 1,500 plus remaining Interhamu militias what does it take an army of Rwanda, which has had much sway in the Congolese political affairs, failed to control, yet they had controlled the vast of, of, of the area, um, uh, subsequently by forming different rebellions from the CNDP of Lorangunda, the M23 of, of recent, and many other rebellions such as the, the, the RCD Goma. So you have to debunk the myth that the, the killings are solely on the ADF. Those very same killings are happening in Kalehe, far in the South Kivu, in, in Minembwe, far in the South Kivu. Is the ADF also in the South Kivu region? Well, yet we know that in the same UN report, the UN is mentioning 
the Rwandan and the Burundian forces fighting on the Congolese territory over uh, different rebel groups, what they call rebel groups that uh, have gone to that particular region to form their rebellion against this different government. Mm. And to putting more context to this issue, you see that the failed coup in, in, in Bujumbura in, 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 in 2015, General Nyombare, who is the coup leader, ran to Rwanda, and if subsequently Rwanda supported uh, General Nyambare forces to go and form a military base in Eastern DRC in the South Kiev province and send logistical support there. That's why the Burundian also send their army to go and fight there. Then you have the, the, the FNL bases in South Kivu. So you see the killings are as a result of general instability within the region, not just blame on the ADF. So the latest um, killings mm. actually in in Beni is far more complex because it has one, an economic aspect to it, and on the other hand, a political aspect to it. Mm. Now let's go to the economic aspect. You have the natural resources of DRC, for instance, uh, the, the coltan, the gold, um, uh, Cacao of recently, which is uh, being uh, cultivated in the Ben region, the Kainama, the places like um, uh, um, Owicha, places like uh, uh, Komanda, uh, uh, all these uh, villages where people are being killed for their produces. And they find their way where the markets either is in Rwanda or the markets are either in Uganda. Mm -hmm. And now you do recall. Does, does that raise an issue when you hear that Rwandan exports of gold in the year 2020 fell by 40% because of the coronavirus and the closure of borders between the countries, namely between the DRC and, and Rwanda mm. and Uganda? So that I have to tell you. Now you have to go back to the question geologically and ask, is there a mineral deposit in Rwanda? What mineral deposits are there? And if so, who, where are these golds coming from? Where is this coltan coming from? We know Rwanda not having deposit of coltan. We know coltan coming from the DRC. Yet Rwanda is becoming the first world, uh, producer of coltan in the Great Lakes region at the detriment of a security uh, going on in the DRC. So lots of question marks. So a lot of questions mark. I'm Let's raising this some... issue mm. so that the, our listeners understand toward the complexity of the issue and not just yeah. patch on one idea that the ADF is killing people. Let's uh, welcome listeners as well. Do call in on 011-714-2006 if you are also from the DRC. Tell us what you think about what's going on in your country back home there. And uh, SMS 41391, SMSs are charged at 150 per SMS. You can WhatsApp your voice notes to 061-410-4107. If you've been following the story as well, tell us what you think is going on. And speaking of that complexity, I mean, we know some of these militias, many of them are, rem are formed by remnants of groups that fought in civil wars. So does that add then to the complexity in terms of who do we point the finger at? Well, it forms part of the complexity and yet we know who are the financier 
and the funder behind those different rebel militia. Mm. Now, to take you through, when the RCD rebellion happened that was supported by Rwanda, its executive secretary was at the time um, Arzarias Ruberwa, who is the minister of decentralization in the DRC, a former, uh, I mean, a staunch ally of the Rwandan government. In the same period, during the rebellion of uh, Joseph, uh, Laura Kabila, you have James Kabarebe, who is now currently the the special advisor to the president on matters of security and defense. He was the former uh, uh, chief of defense in the Rwanda, mm -hmm. and he is the only who has been a, f a, a defense minister in two countries. He was a former defense minister of the DRC during Lauren Kabila. So that allowed much of the Rwandan forces infiltrating in the DRC army. Subsequently, to the rebellions and forming different rebellions. Whenever there were talk of reforming the Congolese National Army, these guys would pull and go and form a new rebellion, and that rebellion would be supported by Rwanda to evade the DRC. Hence, you have successive rebellion from the RCD mm. to the CNDP to the M23. And those always have one claim or two. One, we are going to look for in the Rahamwe. Two, we are going to protect Banyamulenge. And yet, from the 1972, in fact, from 1953 to 1993, mm. Congolese, alongside uh, Congolese uh, uh, of uh, of what is seen as Banyamulenge uh, or, or Rwanda, of Rwandan descent, mm. they have been living along peacefully with the other Congolese uh, without any problem. In fact, there was a harmonious exchange between Rwanda. I remember uh, at the time in the early 90s and the late 90s and the late 80s and the early 90s, there were exchange of students going to Rwanda, students coming to from Rwanda to the DRC, uh, lecturers going to lecture in Rwanda. And, and it, it has, there has never been such of saying that, no, the, People are in danger. The myth of a danger, the society of the Banyamulenge, came along with the Rwandan genocide with the new regime in DRC. But who is behind the new regime in Kigali? Of course, multinationals. Of course, uh, greater powers such as the Britain and and the United States yeah. under Bill Clinton and the UK under Tony Blair, who actually for now still remain, remain a special advisor to President Paul Kagame. So we have to understand holistically what is happening in Eastern DRC to be able to debunk the myth around the killing of civilians. And to my knowledge, mm. Rwandan special forces are operating freely at will. And one of the issues that is always at the core Apart from the economic aspect to it of stealing resources to uh, allow the political and economic stability in Rwanda is that there has always been that idea of wanting to see the DRC as a, a too much big to be stable, mm. that it should be disintegrated into smaller states. And one of the dangerous idea has been conceived for some time that is not talked about openly in the diplomatic circle is to have the Eastern DRC to secede. And the idea that you have a perpetual violence um, that will then translate into seeing the central government being pitted against the, its own civilians and therefore 
branding the idea of a referendum in as much as the situation happened in South Sudan and the North Sudan to have a new state formed. That's what is uh, you, they are trying to push. So you have those complexities that you have to understand holistically for you to be able to understand uh, the DRC. Unfortunately for the African Union and the SADC region, including uh, the, the 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 Great Lakes region of Africa, I mean the the the, the Union of Countries this under the CRC, CGRL, uh, which forms the the countries that within the Great Lakes region, they have not gone into the same direction, saying no, let's stabilize the DRC, let's look at the common interests, what is common to Rwanda and what is common to the DRC, what is common to Uganda and the, yeah. the economic interests, and therefore uh, look at at stability as a means yeah. of bringing peace into the region. We're unpacking the DRC killings and just looking back in terms of the uh, allied democratic forces, the ADF being blamed there. That's a Ugandan group which has emerged as the most lethal militia in Congo's eastern borderlands. And, uh, you know, uh, unpacking or unbanking the myths around who is responsible for a lot of these killings that we see and just looking at the economic impact as well with uh, Nixon Katembo, who is a specialist on the Great Lakes and East Africa region, also on the Kiswahili desk at uh, Channel Africa. So we welcome your calls, 011-714-2006. Let's welcome Anonymous calling us from Pretoria. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well. Uh, Firstly, I want to really commend Nixon for having captured the situation in the Eastern DRC very well. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we are over now from time to time blaming the ADF for the killings in the Eastern DRC. Here I want to be specific, mm-hmm. in Beni region. He will remember very well that way back in 2003, 2004, 2006, there were no issues in Beni with regards to uh, ADF. ADF even had an office in Beni town. They would come in with their weapons, uh, drop them there, and then do their business and go away, and go wherever they want to. But it was in 2014, 2013, uh, 2013 December, after the M23, that issues started in Beni. And uh, remember, very well, not very long, uh, DRC commemorated the death of one of their heroes, that is Kenneth Mamadou, who was killed also mysteriously in Beni. And it came out that he was killed by his own forces. Mamadou was there to fight against the ADF. And you know now that the fight is still going on and everything is blamed on the ATF. From the beginning, we were told that we have about 1,500 ATF. How many ATF have been killed up to so far? Where are these people coming from? Are they manufacturing ATF every day? The recent one was two FTC soldiers were killed, 14 ATF soldiers were killed. So really, this is over now. And I must also say that the community in Beni do have collaborators, at quite a number of them. So for me, this is more political than any other thing. The Congolese, especially in Beni, need to come together. Specifically the mayor, they need to come together uh, with the local community and tell the local community that they need peace. By the way, you recall also that uh, Beni City or the Beni Territory did not have elections as as uh, per national. 
the elections in, uh, were held in December, but any city had their elections somewhere around in March. Because of this, uh, of course, you uh, mentioned uh, Ebola, but it was more of a conflict that was going on. So right. really, I must really commend Nixon mm-hmm. for having captured this analysis very well. Thank I you. wish the people of Benin really peace. They deserve peace. Thank you, Anonymous in Pretoria. And coming off from what uh, Anonymous is saying, Nixon, that Benin community does have collaborators. Why did the Islamic State claim responsibility for many of the suspected ADF attacks uh, in the past? Asandra, and to the benefit of the listeners, you have to understand military strategy and the military warfare in a modern state mm. and in a modern um, a way of dealing with issues. It, people are quick to go to the internet and blame anything on any particular known uh, group which do not have links. I mean, I have a UN report here in front of me on page six of the UN uh, midterm report that was published on the 23rd of December last year. Mm. It says it shows no link whatsoever between ISIS and ADF. And who was the ADF? And I have said time and again that this is not a normal ADF. These are Rwandan special forces. And I'm not going to sugarcoat things here. Mm. These are Rwandan special forces operating under the banner of the ADF. And their sole purpose is to sow political uh, instability, to sow political division, and pit the government of the DRC against its civilians. And why so? Because the very same Rwandan government have its own agent within the Congolese army. You would recall that on the same uh, report, uh, it says that one of the Congolese army officers was found to be harboring over than 12 units of uh, Rwandan as a army mm. inside the DRC. These are not my reports. These are UN reports. Now, why would an army officer of the Congolese army harbor a foreign government troops within the Congolese territory without the knowledge of Kinshasa? That is one point. The caller, anonymous that he is, he captured well the situation. He said that the killing started in 2014. Now, if you look at the 2014 and the defeat of the M23, they ran to Rwanda and they ran to Uganda. But where they were in the western uh, regions of, of, of Uganda, specifically Mbarara, Kisoro and Kabale district, inglu- including uh, um, Rukungiri district, for those who understand Uganda too well. So it was easy for them to cross over the border, go and sway mayhem, and go back to Uganda and pretend as if nothing has happened. These are the, the mm. operation of the M23. And some of them have been actually behind the scene uh, talking and boasting of how they, they have done what they, they are doing in, in that particular part of the world. So right. the issue that the ADF is killing people, it's not true. And to say that the ADF have collaborators, 
I would agree that they are collaborators, but who are those collaborators? We have to identify them. And those are mainly people who have worked alongside the M23, people who have worked alongside the CNDP. And you're saying it's not Islamic State, even though they claim some it's of the not. responsibility. This is not me saying uh, this is UN group of expert reports explicitly saying that there is no link between the ADF and the Islamic State. We need to take a short break, and we've got a call from Vuiswa in Park Town. If you can just stay with us here on The Talking Point. We continue our chat on DRC killings. The Talking Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. So news just in from the U.S. that we need to update you on here on the talking point is the U.S. Congress having certified Joe Biden's Electoral College victory. And uh, Donald Trump has uh, responded by saying that there'll be an orderly transition on January 20th. So that's that. Coming back to the DRC killings, chatting to Nixon Katembo, who is specialist on the Great Lakes and East Africa region, also on the key Swahili desk at uh, Channel Africa. We welcome Vuiswa now, uh, calling us from Parktown North. Hi, Vuiswa. Thank you for holding. Thanks. Uh, to you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. You. And a happy new year to you, Vuiswa. You, I, I don't recognize you in the actual Okay, I'm not, you are a Kwanzaa person. Uh, you do September. Sort of. Yeah, awesome. I, I think I, 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 go, I go in line with them. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> your points or questions? Yes, yes. my point is that uh, thanks to your guest, uh, you know, uh, for, for this uh, insight. Because uh, um, there won the Great Lakes, Jersey, um, Yoram Museveni, the, the, the Kagames and the Porindis. There's a history there, because even if you look at uh, their features, most they, they look alike. But uh, on the political side, I think Yuval Museveni is the father of destruction in the Great Lakes. And uh, uh, there is, uh, I don't know whether it's, it's true, because I'm a journalist by profession, that uh, they are cousins with Paul Kagame. And there's quite a load that goes behind the scenes in the in the interference or in DRC because it seems they are benefiting from uh, rebels that are, uh, are, are taking DRC, killing, doing the killings and all those wrong things that they are doing there because they benefit from the diamonds all right. in, in DRC as much as the Western powers, uh, France, Britain and all of them, including the US. Yeah, if you look, the history course dates back to the killing of Patrice uh, Lumumba, uh, our founding father of the African Union also, he, he was uh, organization of African unity. He was killed because of this kind of uh, you know, uh, relations that uh, the Western powers has in trying to keep Africa or the Great Lakes down. Because if you look at similar to what happened, was happening in West Africa, you had a, a president in Cote d'Ivoire called Ufuebuani. He was the father of destruction in West Africa. So you, you have the same thing that's happening. In the All right, let's leave it there. Unfortunately, we don't want to go too much into history because we are running out of time. Thanks for your call, though, and for adding that. Sipo in Pretoria, good morning. Yeah, good morning, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, I just want to comment on the issue of the killings of DRC. Yeah. It's just that the uh, people are not aware of what is going on there. But the fact of the matter is that um, we need to put into perspective and into reality that the the Rwandan special forces mm-hmm. they are they are freely 
uh, operating in DRC and they've infiltrated uh, the DRC uh, forces of which is the FARC. That is the reality of life. I'm not talking about a hearsay. I'm talking about what I know. So in places like uh, the Beni region, especially the on the eastern side, there's a place called Lamia River. There's a special forces camp. They just go over to DRC whenever they like. And then uh, everything is blamed on the ATF, of which uh, if you know whatever that is going on there, it feels like it's a joke at the end of the day. All right, that let's leave it there, uh, uh, Sipo. We don't have time, unfortunately. Suppose echoing what you've already said, uh, Nixon, as well as uh, Anonymous in Pretoria. And then Voyis was saying that uh, Yoweri Museveni is the father of destruction. Would you agree? Well, uh, I have a reservation to whether it's a destruction, but history will tell. Because if you look at the history of uh, Yoweri Museveni at the University of Dar es Salaam, then a forming rebellion, young boys who came to be formed at Munduli in, in Tanzania, uh, a camp which then they ran away from Munduli uh, under the structure, military structure of the Tanzanian government. They just ran away and uh, later formed the rebellion. It's the likes of Aria Kategaya, um, uh, Amanya Mushega in, in Uganda. And these are the very same group which later formed the, the NRA, National Resistance Army of M7, that brought M7 to Uganda in 1986. And uh, subsequently, uh, Fred Rujema and the group of Paul Kagame, the groups of um, General Kayumba Yamas and all these other uh, going into Rwanda. So there is a history there of what the callers say, but I don't want to get too much because we have uh, less time <laughs> left. Yeah, but there's quite a lot. a lot of response, so I think now, we'll try and, and continue after now, the news. The issues of the special forces really is an issue that should be talked about over and over. Rwandan evasion of the DRC, that's what it is. Rwandan deliberate killing of civilians in the DRC, that's what it is. And that's what should be called because there is no other way that this can happen. Just to mention one point. The Tanzanian um, uh, peacekeepers were killed on the river Semliki, just in a place called the Nyaleke, um, uh, on, the, on the banks of the river Semliki, uh, on, on along the road from Beni to Uganda. The fight started at 5 p.m. and it ended in 5 a.m. Now, which rebel, uh, ragtag rebel have uh, night vision equipment to fight uh, these army officers? And no circumstances of a conventional war is fought like that with the night vision equipment. And we know that the only countries that have night vision equipment in the region is Uganda and Rwanda. And who trained them? The United States. And they were, most of the military officers were trained in the Council of Venmo. Some of them also um, having a special military partnership with the, the, the AFRICOM mm-hmm. uh, under General Kipward when he was still um, the, under the U.S. command in, in Djibouti. So there is a history yeah. that we should focus on and get away from the idea that it's the ADF killing people. You know what, uh, we, we have to do this uh, chat justice and try and continue after the news. If you can stay with us, if you have time to continue that, because we've got a lot of response from callers and we still need to cover uh, more on this. But it is 11 o'clock now. We need to go to Amanda Machaka for our news update. Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
All right, uh, eight minutes past 11 o'clock, and uh, this is the third hour of the Talking Point here on SFM. My name is Asanda Beda, and uh, we're getting a lot of response from you on the DRC killing. So we're going to continue with that chat. Uh, Nixon is still with us here in studio. So call in on 011-714-2006, SMS 41391. SMSs are charged at 1 rand 50 per SMS, and uh, then you can WhatsApp your voice notes to 061 Nixon Katembo is a specialist on the Great Lakes and East Africa region, also works on the Kiswahili desk at Channel Africa, talking about uh, the killings in the DRC. A message, uh, Nixon says, hi, Nixon, may I ask, did Zimbabwe assist Laurent Kabila in the 90s to fight against the rebels? That's true. Zimbabwe assisted uh, Laurent Kabila. That's, this is after 1998 when Laura Kabila asked the evading forces of Rwanda to return back home. Uh, remember when James Kabarebe was still the defense uh, minister of uh, the DRC at the time, who then they, he asked the Rwandan forces to go back. But of, to, interestingly, they went and formed a rebellion they called the RCD Goma. And uh, or to that extent, um, in 1997-1998, before the death of uh, Julius Kambarage Nyerere, Julius Kambarage Nyerere single-handedly convinced Kabila and the Sadek region to include the DRC into the Sadek. That's why Sadek, um, uh, DRC became a member of Sadek in the first place. Mm. And Kabila used that uh, connection from Nyerere to uh, Robert Gabriel Mugabe, may, may his soul rest in peace, however much uh, people talk about him. He sent then troops in in the DRC to go and ward off this evasion by the Rwandan forces at the time. And this is how Zimbabwe got involved in the DRC. Let's uh, take Joe, who calls us from Alwal North now. Good morning, Joe. Yes, good morning, uh, Asanda. And thank you for this program. I've just been to Beni, Butembu, Goma in about four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And my, the question they were asking me, me coming from South Africa, was why is South Africa quiet? With all the killing, with all what is going on, why is Sadak quiet? That was the question they were asking me. So I'm so happy with your journalist there, uh, Kabanda. He's so good. He's putting up the facts as I got them on the ground. This is a rich place. No development, no roads, no water, no electricity, with a lot of wealth. And they are asking, why is our government quiet? Why is Sadak quiet? All right, let's unpack so that, thank uh, Joe. You, thank Thanks you for, for your that call. Of yours. In the meantime, I mean, Nixon, we are talking about the history and the politics and the economics of it, but people are dying. Three, 30 people so far in the latest uh, uh, reports, and an unknown number have been kidnapped. Why are we quiet as South Africa? Well, South Africa ha- has a, 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 what a, a ambivalent diplomacy in the Great Lakes region in Sadek. You have, on the other hand, uh, its allies and the lobbying that happened diplomatically behind the scene uh, between uh, the, great, the, 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 the region. So South Africa, on the other hand, it has a market in East Africa and the DRC. On the other hand, it has a peacekeeping force in the DRC. 
So they have to strike a balance between the two and not to remain to be seen at the forefront of upsetting one side and on the other side leaning, of which I find quite uh, complex. Mm. And in the diplomatic circle, I don't know whether it's it good for me to say it here, but I would reserve my comment on South African role in that particular region because you would see that on the mineral side investment, you have... Uh, the likes of Kulubu uh, Sezuma investing in Kilo Gold in far north in, in northern Ituri province, that in the DRC. You have the Muvilapanda of uh, uh, our struggle stalwart, um, um, the, 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 the former premier, uh, I think, of Mbumalanga, uh, if not. Um, investing uh, in in the DRC in in the Katanga province so you have a different competing interest in that region on the economic side and on the political side you have South Africa playing an active role for instance in um, assisting in the, with the elections uh, um, monitoring elections uh, preparations elections elections educations on the other side trying to uh, to teach elect electoral officials not only that uh, also hosting uh, different um, uh, negotiations uh, of the conflict in the DRC. So those have to be uh, balanced in a way uh, to view South Africa's role in that particular region. Whether it's quiet or not, I remain that I, re I reserve that judgment to the to the listeners and the callers uh, to 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 judge. It okay. will not be for me, but I have just have to highlight those issues yeah. and South Africa's role, both on the diplomatic and economic side, because you have uh, current leadership. It also depends on the leadership personality. You would recall that the former president Jacob Zuma was so angered by the but the attempted assassination against General Kayumba Nyamwasa, who is here on exile basis uh, and the Rwandan dissident. And then you have the killing of uh, of, uh, of uh, the late Colonel Patrick Karegea uh, at Michelangelo and uh, the subsequent diplomatic tension between South Africa and Rwanda having sent uh, diplomats who were here. Interestingly to mention just a few, uh, just a one point, that the person who was sent as having been involved in the killing of Patrick Karegea um, Jack Lord Nikobi Sands is the one now the Rwandan ambassador to Mozambique. Does that tell you something about what is happening with the uh, diplomatic issues on the in the Great Lakes region and the stability thereof and the likes of uh, you know a, a pullback aspect of South Africa? So you you have to read the match into the diplomatic mm. uh, chain. Yeah. There. Let's take Chris now calling us from Kwamhlanga. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Asanda, how are you? I'm, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Compliment for the new year. Thank you, you too. To your guest as well. You know, tough. I've been waiting on more than 30 minutes, but anyway, it's fine. Thank you for Thank you for waiting, uh, Chris. Yeah, uh, cool. I appreciate the expose of your guest, but I'm just a little bit uh, disappointed where he cannot give his opinion in terms of what role of South Africa in diplomatic about the issue of DRC. Uh, you know what? You just answered that question actually because Joe did ask that. What is South Africa doing? Uh, and I'm, I'm saying, in terms of diplomatic, he said he cannot give his position in terms of uh, the role of South Africa diplomatic uh, position in terms of DRC. Okay, let me get to my point. Right? What's going on in DRC is a genocide with the complicity of the whole world, you know, because of, as the guest said there, 
the wealth that is underground and people are living in poverty like you won't believe it. As we speak now in DRC, we are talking over 15 million people who have been killed, slaughtered in their own land for no apparent reason just because they have minerals and all this gold. Multinationals, they are using Rwanda and Uganda to send their soldiers with a false pretext as a, the guests have, you know, well, well elaborated today. It's very sad. And the whole Africa and South Africa, through that, you got democracy after more African countries. But you have a whole democracy where the election, people, they go and vote, leaders, and the leader, they lead people. We thought South Africa could play a major role in helping DRC. But as we speak, first of all, the issue was the election that took place in uh, 2018, which the current president didn't win the election, and the Kabila, with all those multinationals, and the Kagame, and all these people of Museveni, and South Africa president was there. Because there's a serious problem now between uh, uh, current uh, uh, puppet president, Tisekedi and uh, Kabila. They are no more getting along and thinking uh, get fired anytime as we speak. What is said, like Tisekedi didn't win the election, but Kabila confiscated power by force and they imposed, you know, by force Tisekedi, which Ramaphosa was there as a witness and uh, Egyptian president and Kenyan president. It's very sad, those kind of situations. And like Ramaphosa, their democracy in South Africa but he can be part of that kind of uh, arrangement where DSU want to come out of you know, the, 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 the pain that people are going through. They vote someone they wanted to be in power, but Ramaphosa, you know, with Kabila and all these people, they put as someone who, who have nothing to do with DRC. All right, let's, let's leave, now, let's leave your country, point there, Chris. We are out of time. In, 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 in very, very bad situation. You know? Okay, thanks, it Chris, for your. For, so, let's leave it there. We are out of time. Let's wrap this up, Nixon. We need to move on. Uh, Chris is saying that you know this is a humanitarian crisis. It's a it's it's a genocide going on. Uh, what are your thoughts? And just to wrap everything up, I agree with Chris wholeheartedly that this is a genocide of the DRC and a systematic genocide that is happening. And it did not start today. If you look at the mode of operandi in the history of the region, you will start by Luero in Uganda, you go to uh, Rwanda, and then you go to the DRC. And unfortunately for the DRC is that there have been different dynamics and the rebel group created so that the genocide can go as slow as it can, but surely uh, finishing the people of and the DRC. And it seems like voting doesn't really help, Chris is saying. No, voting, you just hear from the previous caller that one of the regions where the people are being killed were excluded deliberately from the elections under the pretext of Ebola. So there are so many questions. And to, to come to the issues of uh, his disappointment on the diplomatic uh, uh, engagement of the DRC, I said again that South Africa plays a critical role in, in terms of diplomacy in the DRC, both on the political side and an economic side. And I gave examples on why I reserve my comment mm. on those which is issues. Fine. Which and what is, should happen now, though, the Nixon, moving forward? People th- are dying. I think moving forward, we need to take a cue from the the end of the M23. Sadek played a critical role in ending the rebellion of the M23 by supplying uh, the first Royvac helicopters to go and fight uh, the M23, including the the the. the 
Tanzanian, Malawian, and South African special forces to finish that rebellion. I still believe that SADC, if they put to it to end this conflict and tell Rwanda to stop its uh, incursion in the DRC, to stop its uh, killing in the DRC, and find ways of negotiating a settlement that is a win-win situation that will allow Rwanda to live peacefully with its neighbor. That's where the conflict is will, was going to end. And for multinationals, not to just be using the likes of Paul Kagame, Om Seveni, and to get into the DRC to steal resources. Let them get there. Deal with the DRC government. Install whatever um, uh, minings or concessions that they want. Go and extract mineral resources in the open, not through the creating and forming militias under proxy um, the, the rebel groups. That's, that's the only way that conflict can end. Otherwise, mm. what is happening is massacre of the Beni people, especially with the North Kivu people, including the South Kivu. I cannot talk about Beni yeah. without mentioning the South Kivu because all these places are facing killings of civilians on a daily basis. Thank you so much for your time. And Nixon Katembo is a specialist on the Great Lakes and East Africa region. He also works on the Kiswahili desk at Channel Africa. We need to end that chat there. Let's take a break and we'll continue with the talking point.